everybody. Mike Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy again to be with you. If you are new to the show, every Monday and Thursday, we have a episode releasing from the Charisma Podcast Network.com. Uh, you can also download the Charisma, Charisma Plus app, excuse me, and all of our content is on there, as well as articles and many other kinds of podcasts and, and free resources are there as well. Um, also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. If you are listening continually to Awaken Podcasts, thank you so much for being a constant listener, for spreading the word. It means a lot. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you haven't already so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed by the gospel and they could receive a lot of this free content that is being released every single week. And so, um, it is my joy to be your host here on Awaken Podcast. And so today, I'm going to dive into a subject that I feel is very important. You know, we had a a series um, at the beginning of the year, a 10-part series about first love passion or first love fire. And we talk about how it's very easy for us as believers to lose our fire, to lose our passion, our fervency, our zeal, and how we can get that rekindled in our lives and how, you know, there's different things in our lives that that quench that fire on the inside of us. There's many hindrances and I go into those hindrances and kind of how we can combat those. And so, um, if you are interested in that or feel like there's something that is relevant to you, then make sure to tune in. Go back into January and February and, the, and March, and you could listen to that 10-part series there. I believe it's very enlightening. There's lots of revelation there to really help you, especially if you feel dry, if you feel like your passion has grown cold. You know, Jesus does speak about this. He does correct the churches in the book of Revelation, talking about um, losing their first love or being lukewarm. And so we address those things from a grace perspective, from a finished work perspective. So this is very important that we dive into that. But today, I want to talk about the fear of the Lord, and this is something that um, also, uh, there's many misconceptions, there's many theologies out there that make God out to be an angry deity, that make God out to be this um, this high and mighty God in the sky that we need to be scared of when that is not the case, that is not the definition of the fear of the Lord. And this might be a very weak example, some of you might think it's silly, but when I was thinking about the fear of the Lord God gave me a vision of a roller coaster and roller coasters. Okay. They are mighty. They are powerful. Um, they are strong, right? You know, it's a massive, massive, you know, object of metal and, and listen, they are scary to some degree. It's just like, wow, this, this object, it's nature is to bring joy, excitement, fun, thrills into your life. People go to Six Flags and to amusement parks all around the world wanting to experience joy, laughter, fun, excitement, thrills, all of that good stuff. That is the nature of the roller coaster. It's only supposed to bring those things into our life. That is the very nature of it. But at the same time, also aware that if we do not put our seatbelt on, if there's a malfunction, if we do not follow the rules of weight and height and all that different stuff, getting on the roller coaster, there could be an issue. It could be deadly or lethal. This thing is huge. It's monstrous. It's it's mighty. It's strong. You know. And when we get in and we strap ourselves into the seat, um, we are relinquishing control. At that point, you have no control on what is going to be taking place. Even though what should be taking place is just excitement and fun. At the same time, if we don't do things right, that's why there's there's rules and different things with getting on roller coasters. And if you don't follow those rules, hey, there could be potential harm that takes place, and it's completely out of our control. And so the way I 
I see the fear of the Lord is that God is mighty. Can God absolutely lift his spirit off this earth and we just disappear into oblivion? Absolutely. Can God do that? Yes. Will he? No, because that's not in his nature. Can God, um, you know, cause destruction? Absolutely. He can, but he won't because that's not in his nature. His nature is to love. His nature is to restore, to take that which is um, dead and bring it to life, to take that which is broken and heal it, to take that which is bound up and set us free. That is the nature of God. But could he? Could we be here one second and then not here the next second? Absolutely. That's possible. He holds the whole world together by the power of his word, the scriptures say. And so there must be a reverence here. There must be a respect to realize that God is transcendent, though in the body of Christ, he um, assumed human flesh and he condescended and he came to us and he became one with us and he is in, in a sense at our level. At the same time, we must realize he is transcendent as well. He is the one who sits in the heavens and laughs, like it says in Psalm 2, that earth is his footstool. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. This is a God that is unexplainable. Our language is limited to explain this God. He um, He always existed. There was never a beginning and there is not an end to God. We cannot comprehend the magnitude and the reality of that. And so he is so far above us. You know, his ways are not our ways. We know that our hearts can be transformed to experience experience his mind and his thoughts, but naturally he is so above us, so beyond us, and he holds everything together. So there must be this reverence and this awe for God, and not only for who he is, but for what he says. That's very important. If this God that holds everything together, this God who created the cosmos, breathed it and spoken into existence, holds it all together by the power of his word. He's the one that puts certain spiritual laws and natural laws in place that keep us grounded to earth. He created gravity. You know, he is the one that is was here in the beginning, is here right now, and he, our future is in him. This is a mighty, majestic God that is inexplainable. And so, At the end of the day, we must recognize this. We must have awe and respect and honor for him, realizing he is that great. But at the same time, recognizing that, oh, like just because like when I'm approaching a roller coaster, okay, I am aware that, man, this thing's going to be fun. I want to get on this thing. Not so I can be terrified. I want to get this thing because I'm going to have a blast on this roller coaster. I approach it knowing that this is this roller coaster is for me. It's for my joy. It's for my my fun. It's for my excitement. It's for my thrills. Okay. And so, you know, we approach God in the same way. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is everything that we need. He has the power and the strength and the comfort that we need. We could run to him and he has stooped down and condescended to us so that we can approach him and we could embrace him and we could know him. He has made himself available because he is love and relationship is the very core of love. Like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they've welcomed us into a beautiful relationship with them. And so this is vital, but at the same time, Okay, we must realize that he is God and we are not. And there is a humility and an honor and an awe and a respect and a fear of God that comes and not being scared of God, but it is an extreme respect and awe knowing that this God is amazing. This God is an awesome God. Okay. And so that's how I explain the fear of the Lord. This is how I know it to be true biblically. And it's a picture that God gave me. But when it comes down to it, the way we live our lives does not affect our relationship with God. 
All right. If we sin, it does not disrupt our relationship with God. Jesus shed his blood. If we do sin, the apostle John says in first John, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous who washes us clean of our sin. Our relationship with God um, and any kind of um, disruption, any kind of, um, you know, sin has been removed from us. We have been forgiven. And so our relationship with God is good. We've become one with the Lord Jesus. But the way we live our lives, if we live our lives in sin and we go against the commands of our God, then we um, affect people around us. We could bring destruction. We could bring pain. We could break people. We could hurt people. We can speak things that are destructive. And so God cares not just about me. I'm not trying to be selfish. He doesn't just care about me. He cares about everybody that he created, whether they're believers or unbelievers. And so God, there's this fear in our hearts to know that, no, God said that we should love one another. We should respect one another. We should submit and be humble with one another. We should speak life and not death because our relationship with God isn't affected because of the blood of Jesus Christ, but we could also cause harm to those around us. We must live in fear, in awe, in honor, knowing that we want to live our lives in such a manner that brings honor and glory to God, that brings pleasure to his heart, shoots joy through the heart of God. And so I want to share a scripture. I'm kind of trying to, it's hard to do this, but I'm trying to bring as much definition to the fear of God as possible. There's a scripture in Hebrews 1 verses 8 and 9. This actually is quoted from the Psalms. The, the writer of Hebrews quotes from Psalms, but in verse 8, says this, but about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever, and justice is the scepter of your kingdom, and you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you above your companions with the oil of joy. To me, that is the definition, or one of the definitions and facets of the fear of God, that we love righteousness and we hate wickedness. And when we live in that manner, there is a joy that comes over us. We are anointed with the oil of joy. There is joy inexpressible and full of glory. There is a peace that passes understanding, a supernatural peace. There is power that flows from our lives because we have a hatred for wickedness and we have a love for righteousness. And that does not come from the flesh. That does not come from striving, but that is a God-given desire. Because Christ now lives in us. He is the one that loves righteousness and hates wickedness. Why? He hates wickedness because wickedness destroys his beloved children, his people. And so the fear of the Lord is a love for righteousness and a hatred for wickedness because our God is holy and he loves righteousness and hates wickedness, not just because he's so high and mighty, high and lofty um, and holy that he just can't stand to be around sin. No, sin destroys his beautiful people. And so that's why he hates it. He doesn't hate people. He hates the sin because sin destroys us. I hope that makes sense. And so I'm going to be reading, this is going to be a short episode here, but I'm going to be reading through uh, different Proverbs, Psalms, scriptures that talk about the fear of the Lord, um, because I really want you to see a scriptural viewpoint here, and I might add a couple lines here and there. So here we go. Proverbs 10 verse 27 says this, the fear of the Lord prolongs life but the years of the wicked will be shortened. So if we live in a manner that we fear God and we and we pretty much what this is saying here is that if we live in a manner where we, we're separating ourselves from sin or separating ourselves from things that could harm us because the wages of sin is death, we will live a long life because we won't be, you know, dishonoring our temple with smoking and drugs and excessive drinking and all these things that could destroy our lives or sin in and of itself has destructive uh, consequences. So if you put your hand on an open fire, you will get burned. And so if we walk in a way where we love righteousness and hate wickedness, righteousness will bring life to us, we will be preserved and protected. But those who are wicked, who do things that harm themselves, their lives will be shortened. 
All right, so this is just another scripture highlighting our love for righteousness and hatred for wickedness as believers, which will bring joy and now a promise of long life to us. And so Proverbs 19, verse 23 says this, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. When you walk in purity, when you walk in your nature as a believer and your nature is righteousness, we need to understand this. There's worship songs that say, I am prone to wander. And that sounds... You know, it sounds pious. It sounds holy because, you know, we all have propensities towards certain weaknesses and sins, but we need to believe that, no, we are new creations in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, we are prone to righteousness, whether we feel it or not, whether we have a weakness in an area or not, we need to believe that our nature is is for holiness and righteousness and, and to do that which is pure and uplifting and life-giving. And so when we walk in the fear of the Lord, it leads us to a satisfied life. And evil cannot touch us. Just like it says in First John, when you are born of God, the evil one cannot harm you. That is a promise when we walk in the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 14, verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence and his children will have refuge. And so when you walk in the fear of the Lord, you can have you can be confident because you know that you are living the life that God has called you to live. And your children will even be safe within that family, within that heritage. How many ministers have fallen into sin because they did not possess a fear of the Lord in their lives and their children were affected negatively because of it? Um, the name was defiled before man. And so when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we can have confidence and our children will also be safe, which is a beautiful thing. Psalm 128 verse 1, how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in his ways. First of all, when you fear the Lord, you will be blessed. You will have long life. You will be have you have confidence you'll be satisfied you'll sleep satisfied with a clean conscience all these are amazing promises for those who love the lord we'll have the anointing of joy on our heads and we also will be blessed highly favored and fortunate and it says that we will also walk in his ways when you fear the lord you walk in his ways you walk in the divine footprints of heaven and the lord is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path and you walk in the predestined footsteps that god ordained for you the good works that he ordained from the foundation of the world. Proverbs 8.13, we'll just keep going through scriptures. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. That's Proverbs 8.13. Again, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, to hate sin because it's not in us. It's not our nature anymore. We might have a propensity because of an unrenewed mind, but our spirit leaps within us and craves righteousness. That is your truest and most authentic identity, righteousness. Proverbs 22. I love this one. The reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Wow. God rewards the fear of the Lord and humility in our lives with riches, with honor, and with long life. That's a beautiful promise. Exodus 2020. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him may remain in you so that you may not sin. Do not be afraid, but God wants to make sure you fear him. <laughs> All right. So this is to show you that the fear of God has nothing to do with an earthly fear of trembling and being scared of God because God is not a monster in heaven. God is not a vindictive, evil God that wants to punish you at every corner. Do not be afraid. God came to test you that you may fear him and you may remain with him so that you may not sin, meaning that there be, may be an honor of God, that you may honor God and care about him more than anything else, that you may 
you may honor and respect and adore and worship God uh, before anything. You know, he is the only God. There's no other gods besides him. To have that revelation within you, to remain within you so that you may reject sin. Psalm 33, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Fearing the Lord has to do with an awe, a wonder, being struck by by this reverence for the Lord and his majestic being for his brilliance, his magnitude, who he is. And then there's several scriptures in the New Testament that I'm going to quote briefly, and then we'll close the podcast out today. This is Colossians 3.22, and they're talking to slaves at this time. But it says, slaves in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external reverence as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Meaning when you are serving another individual, you are not doing it for men or for the applaud of man, but with sincerity of heart, do it unto the Lord because the Lord is the one who is looking and he is, he sees you and he knows your heart. So we must, we fear the Lord by honoring and serving other people. That's something the Lord asks us to do and it's in us to do that. And so we honor and we fear God by um, loving and respecting other individuals and staying in our lane and serving where the God has put us. Acts 9, 31. I'm reading to you New Testament scripture so you also know that this is a new covenant reality. It wasn't just um, pushed to the side or fulfilled when Jesus came in his work. And so Acts 9, 31. The churches had rest all throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were, and they were all multiplied. And so the first church walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Spirit and they grew and they were edified and it was a beautiful thing. They had an awe and a respect for God that caused them to live a holy life and they saw tangible fruit and results from that. Second Corinthians 5.11, therefore knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. See, we, we persuade men by the fear of the Lord, knowing that the Lord is the way to life, knowing that there is no joy, no satisfaction, no, no, um, <clears throat> no peace, eternal peace, apart from knowing the Lord. And so the Lord wants us to reach a lost and we know it brings pleasure to his heart and we burn with his heart. Therefore, we persuade men. So there's a fear of God in us to say, no, I want the world to know him. And so we go ahead and persuade men that way. Ephesians 5, 21 is the last scripture I'm gonna read. And it's submit yourselves to one another in the fear of God. And so again, we're submitting ourselves to one another. We're doing what the Lord asks us to do. We're bringing pleasure to his heart by um, living according to the new nature that he has given us. We've become partakers of the new nature. That means it is in our nature to love one another, to have respect for one another, to submit to one another, to be humble, to be teachable, to be correctable, to be somebody who speaks life, who speaks goodness, who is positive, not negative, someone who isn't complaining, grumbling, backstabbing, slandering, somebody who is honoring with your lips and speaking highly of other people and considering themselves less and considering others more. This is what the scripture says. It is the heart of God and it's in our nature to walk it out. And when we choose to submit ourselves to that selflessness and we yield our heart to him and say, God, teach me your ways that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. That is also a scripture in the Old Testament in the in the book of Psalms. Unite my heart to fear your name. Teach me your ways. That is the fear of the Lord saying, God, not my ways, but your ways be done. Not my will, but your will be done. My food is to do your will and to finish the work that you have given me is what Jesus said. The spirit of the fear of the Lord was on Jesus Christ. And so we must 
I, I believe it is a posture of heart that wants God more than anything this world has to offer, that wants to obey him more than just fulfill our own selfish ambitions and desires. We want to love him. We want to know him. We want to make him known. And then not only that, we want to pull away from sin and say no and hate that because it is not Jesus Christ died to free us from that. And so we have highest respect for that. And it's not in us anymore to crave those things. We crave to live right and to love others. And that is not all the scriptures and the fear of the Lord, but I just wanted to give you several and break this down. We'll have another episode on the fear of the Lord, living from an eternal perspective, and we'll go there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with me today. If you've been blessed by this, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so that they could be awakened to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello everybody, Mike Lombardo here. Let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. Um, I definitely want to check that out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up an online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, full-time jobs, raising four small children. They stepped out in faith and God is honoring it every step of the way. It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com. This is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry and more you'll be able to find amazing clothes for spring handmade jewelry their goal is to inspire faith through through their product line as well as high quality in all they do and produce check it out it's the hopefilledjourney.com and also if you today if you go well you got a promo code awaken promo code awaken if you go to the website you can get 25 percent off of all full priced items and all orders over $60 will ship free. And so that's 25% off today, all full price items, and any orders, $60 or more, will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website, that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com, and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.